Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we'll be shining a light on how resting makes us human with Grace Clock. Welcome, Grace. Hi, Mariah. You're excited. I'm also excited to be here chatting with you. And to start, do you mind giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Definitely. My name is Grace, and I'm a second year electrical engineering student at UCLA. I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, um, and I'm currently home for the holidays. At school, I'm involved with UCLA Society of Women Engineers and UCLA IEEE, the Electrical Engineering Club. And I'm looking forward to working somewhere on the spectrum from hardware to software in either industry or academia. And most recently, I wrote and published my first fiction novel. It's called The Glitch. And um, I'm super excited to chat a little bit more about that during this podcast. Yes, me too. Actually, while you mentioned it, Grace, do you mind just giving us a a synopsis of what the glitch is about? I would be happy to. Um, So it follows an engineer's journey from a techno-utopia, so a perfect world that um, makes use of of technology in that everything is automated, everything is hyper-optimized. You can think of it as Silicon Valley on steroids. My book follows an engineer's journey from this techno-utopia into a more chaotic reality that transforms her understanding of what it means to be human. And it's inspired a lot by ideas from three books that had a huge impact on me personally, and those are How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell, Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, and Uncanny Valley by Anna Weiner. Lovely. Thank you for sharing. And I know our conversation today is going to, the themes of our conversation today are related a lot to your book. So I'm excited to dive in a bit more to that. But going into some of these questions, Grace, I I have known you for, I think, several years now, which is cool. And yeah. I know you have always been busy. I think we both have always <laughs> spread ourselves thin as long as we've known each other. So how do you rest effectively is the first part of this question. And also, how do you even know that the break that you're giving yourself is actually a break? Yeah, I love this question, Mariah. Thank you. Um, this is actually something that I've grappled with since high school. Um, and so far in my rest journey, um, there's a couple different things that have stayed with me. Um, one of them is working out exercise. Um, I take fitness classes, go on runs, sometimes do a yoga practice. Um, I find that keeping my body active really goes a long way. Um, Other times I read mostly fiction, usually before I go to bed. Um, I'm also pretty artsy. I like knitting and crocheting, uh, a nice quarantine activity. But all that said, I think the big takeaway here is that there's no silver bullet to resting effectively. I used to think that if I found some particular resting activity, I could suddenly supercharge my productivity in other ways, that there was some hack that would be the end-all be-all in terms of rest, Um, that there's some big secret to it all. Um, but I realized that (laughs) there probably isn't anything like that, um, that I'm already trying my best when it comes to rest and work. Um, 
And so I can just be happy with that. Can you tell after you try some form of rest, can you tell when you're done? Like, okay, now I'm, I guess, how do you know that you've rested well? Does it mean like you're ready to start working again? Or do you just acknowledge that you're well rested? You know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of people, they rest so that they can work more, which seems to defeat the purpose of resting in itself. (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely. That's one of the big questions that I have grappled with in my personal life and in my book as well. Um, I also am, am cautious of how I think of rest. I want to think of it not as something that I do solely for the purpose of going back to work. Mm-hmm. I want it to be something that I enjoy, um, something that makes me human. <laughs> I generally consider my rest to be effective and to be complete just depending on how I feel I like to just try to listen to myself as big mm-hmm. as that may sound um, and not analyze too much yeah that's fair you know how a lot of people especially folks who work out a lot I'm glad you mentioned working out in general but um, for another take on it they take like a post-workout smoothie or supplement of some sort I almost feel like resting needs the same thing not a literal supplement but almost something to acknowledge like all right I I'm done resting and I'm like in this purgatory phase between resting and like moving on whether that means you do start working again or you go to another sort of like restful activity and I think I'm categorizing everything outside of work into resting but your like post rest post workout could be honestly just being super mindful of the fact that you took a break from things that other people expect of you and you just did something for yourself so that could be like a a post workout for resting perhaps Um, (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i like i like to think of that as maybe a buffer time yeah um which i think that we don't give ourselves a lot even though yes we rest and we consider that buffer time sometimes we need even like an additional level of buffer time where we're not we don't have a goal to work or we don't have a goal to rest either I think so too I agree so I'm curious Grace obviously you're passionate about this topic um, because it's something you've dealt with in your own life Um, you've chatted a lot about it in your book or it's a huge theme within your book it seems So I'm curious what led you to view rest as a necessary component of human life? What led you to this point? So when we're kids, they always tell us that we need eight hours of sleep per day. And at school, we have resets. And later, there's lunch breaks, coffee breaks, vacation, time off. So I feel like I always knew that rest was necessary. And I actually have never been one to officially burn out in a very um, clear way. Um, I've been pretty good at noticing when it's time to go to bed or to just aggressively lie on the couch. Um, (laughs) And also, I just like resting. I think we're Mm -hmm. trained to deny ourselves the things that we naturally want. Um, like eating a tub of ice cream or saying mean things to our siblings. Uh, But it's nice to remember that 
sometimes we can allow ourselves to do things that we genuinely enjoy. Um, and I was actually listening to one of the previous episodes, and I really liked how Mashiach said it, um, simply that we are not machines. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, definitely agree. Definitely agree with that point. Um, yes, I definitely I agree with you that rest is is super necessary. We're not machines, and I think even before our chat today, you just sort of blatantly said that humans are supposed to be complicated and lazy if they want to be or <laughs> you know go against the the norms because I agree with you that especially in certain areas especially we both grew up in the bay too it's like you're you're conditioned to be that machine right like be unbreakable and keep going no matter what so mm-hmm. I definitely agree switching gears a little bit grace I mean, I know we talked about this and it goes with the overall theme, but I want to talk about this sort of like tug of war between work and play and play. I'm just categorizing the same as rest. I think that there's like constantly a balance check. And we've talked about a little bit today between work and play or productivity and rest. I literally imagine like a tipping scale situation or a game of tug of war where if one dominates, the other suffers in some way. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? And why can't both thrive? I feel like women, especially, unfortunately, but people in general get this question of, oh, like, what, how do you, how do you do like work-life balance? And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, it always seems like there needs to be some balance. Like we're reaching a beautiful point of equalness, I suppose, mm-hmm. but can both not thrive? What are your thoughts on this? First off, I want to say I love the metaphors. I personally am a big fan of life metaphors as a way of understanding things. Thank you. Um, (laughs) First off, uh, aside from that, I want to say that a major breakthrough that I had a couple years ago was changing my frame of mind to see that rest is part of my work and also work is part of my rest. because in order to work, you need rest, um, as we've been talking about. Um, it's not a luxury. You can't pour from an empty vessel. In other words, mm-hmm. you need to invest in yourself in order to invest in other things. Um, and in turn, I think in order to rest, you need to do work. <laughs> because I think back to when Shelter in Place really started, and I was home all the time. and at least for me personally, it, it was a little rough just not having very much to do um, because I think in order to really enjoy rest, it's nice to know that rest isn't really the end goal of life, that you are mm-hmm. working towards something meaningful. In terms of work-life balance or balance between productivity and rest, um, I like to think that there isn't a hard line between the two Mm -hmm. um, because we are whole humans. And I was thinking this past summer when I was really struggling with defining success for myself, um, I was kind of viewing my success as a person in terms of my success in different categories of my life. So um, how much I was 
like what percent of my finite energy and time I was investing into work at my research lab, how much energy and time I was investing into my book stuff. Like as you were saying earlier, if I only have a hundred units of time and energy, if I designate 70% of that to work, that means I can only designate 30% of that to play. You can Mm -hmm. also do a 50-50 split or a 30-70 split, et cetera. Um, But (laughs) actually like very similar to what you were saying earlier, um, the thing that really got me is that having more of one always means you have to have less of the other. And I don't like thinking about that because I want to maximize everything. Although that yes. is a very capitalist word. Um, <laughs> and But I realized that I don't really want to think of success and productivity and play um, as individual things. Mm-hmm. And I want to sort of evaluate my life in a more holistic way because... I think that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, definitely. I mean, this is such a tricky question, right? Like there are so many books and blogs and podcasts about this idea of work-life balance. And I mean, if it were an easy answer, then we would all have, we would all have the answer, right? It wouldn't be a question. And I, but I think that what you and I are saying, not that we are answering this question officially for all of humankind right now, but if you do work more, then you won't be able to rest, right? So at the end of the day, I feel like this idea of like tipping scales is sort of inevitable, just logically, right? Like if mm-hmm. I work more today and don't make time to rest, then my resting scale sort of pays the price. I think like, like sort of what, I think you're saying of being mindful that both are important and not necessarily seeing them as as two different things can be valuable at the end of the day in that if I happen to be working or even if I'm resting and I know that I would like to do something else or I need a change of scene just to help my brain keep functioning to help my my health continue on um then change is okay it's okay to to rest or to pivot in the moment it's hard though it is hard though because certain jobs or industries require a certain amount of work and so you have to like reach that minimum hours or labor whatever it is and so rest might pay the price so I don't know. I don't know. I was curious of your thoughts on this question because it's such a hard one. But I know for me personally, when people ask me how I balance a bunch of things, if they know what I'm signed up for, they say, like, how, do you, how do you balance it all like in a 24-hour span? I only talk about my breaks that I take from work. I'm only talking about, oh, I, I go for a lot of walks or, oh, I make sure I like see friends this many times a week or whatever it is, I have my consistent schedule and rest, play, fun is part of that consistent schedule, which I think is helpful. I never talk about um, the apps that I use that keep me productive 
for instance, <laughs> which are important, like task tracking apps are important, but I would never flex that. It's always, I think it's important to not flex, but talk about how you take breaks because at the end of the day, right, if, if you are working all the time, that's why people burn out. Like we're all human. We all have some bandwidth, even if people can work three days straight without sleeping, the three days is going to end at some point, right? So I think valuing your rest as much as your work, if not more, is is important. And rest and things we do for fun, things that make us happy, feel much more human than than the work that we do, um, in my opinion. So that's my take on it. But it's a tricky question, Grace. And yeah, no, I, I really like that you brought up productivity apps because I feel like it's really easy to fall into this trap of, oh, this one app will mm-hmm. yes. do everything for me. Like I will get this app and I will become superhuman and right. suddenly be able to do all these things. Um, yes. I I will say, like, usually I'm I'm against this idea, right? If if an app, and by the way, if someone asked me, like, what do you use? I would happily pitch, like, the task tracking thing that I use. <laughs> but any any apps that sort of, like, advertise themselves as, oh, you'll become, like, twice as productive and efficient and such. Um, I, I agree with you that there's, it seems like there's a lot of apps out there just trying to make people more productive. When the answer might be just to take more breaks during the day, to be honest. Exactly. I, I do want to note, though, because I feel close to this issue. There's this recent law that um, is not actually a law, but they're trying to make it one of four day work weeks. And this idea of employees, there's research that's been done. I know at LinkedIn for sure. And probably many other companies where if you have a four day work week, employees happen to be more productive. And so this is like, this is the one case that I fully support. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's there, the research is there and people are more productive because they get that extra rest day. I think that really sums up the point we're trying to make too. Have you heard of this, the four day work week? Yeah, it's an idea that I read about when I was still reading productivity self-help books. Um, Okay. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, because when people know that they have fewer hours to work, they want to make them higher quality hours. Mm -hmm. And like at first it seems unintuitive, but then when you think about it more, it, it really does make sense. I think so too, which I think also aligns with all the points you're making as well of sort of like at the end of the day, if you're mindful about everything you're doing, including rest time, then it just feels more effective. Even if I am aggressively on the couch, right? <laughs> Laying down on the couch. <laughs> if I'm like aware that I'm I'm doing that and I'm resting, I feel like that makes it way more valuable than if I were sort of mindlessly roaming or just like laying on the couch without acknowledging, okay, I'm not working right now. I'm going to take this time to really just rest and just exist. Alrighty, Grace. I'm moving on. Um, I'm curious of your thoughts. Why do you think people view rest as a weakness? And I know we mentioned we both grew up in the Bay and it's not like we have been completely neglected of rest our whole lives. That's a disclaimer here. (laughs) Um, But I do think that this idea of like, you know, taking vacation or maybe skipping class or work for like a mental health day 
I feel like it used to be viewed as a bit more of a weakness. So why do you think that's the case? And how do you think we can overcome that as a community? In short, capitalism, we want to view work as our highest goal. We want to love our work. Uh, We want to pour ourselves into our work. And I think part of that is probably fine. Um, And sometimes it can lead to a harmful mindset. The other reason I think that resting might not be seen as valuable is because resting doesn't yield any tangible deliverable or outcome at least not directly because mm. after you take a nap you have nothing to show for it there isn't something that you can point to and say that I did this this makes me a valuable person um, because resting is just maintenance it's just taking care of yourself it's often repetitive boring um, not very interesting And particularly in the tech industry in the Bay Area, as we've mentioned, um, the tech industry values things like disruption and change. I guess that contrast is what makes people view rest as something lesser than. Yes, yes. No, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. This is exactly why people view rest as a weakness and why we're talking about this today and how we can overcome it. So totally agree with your points. And I guess sort of going off of that, do you happen to know anyone or any group that comes to mind maybe that you think of that does a particularly good job at valuing rest and taking a break? I'm curious what we can learn from this person or group. This is going to be someone you've seen on social media or any group that comes to mind. I think there's bits and pieces of wisdom to gather everywhere and from everyone. For instance, whenever I hang out with little children, I notice that they always want to play. They always want to rest and life is that simple for them. So I like to try to take on their perspective sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And thinking about older generations too, um, my parents, even though they're not that old, they did come slightly before the cultural obsession with optimization and productivity. And I was actually listening to a another podcast that talked about the uh, modern time, like in modern times, the decline of organized religion in the modern world we don't have particularly strong local communities and neighborhood associations and that kind of void that we have as a result and so because we don't have other places where we can find meaning the only place where we're able to find meaning is in our work and it's easy to forget the deep sense of fulfillment that we can find in areas of our life that we just call rest and taking a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I love the example you brought up of kids <laughs> being the best <laughs> at this because, I mean, when kids are done playing, I mean, yes, they, they're aware when they're, when they're ready to play and they're full of energy, but when it's nap time or they're ready for a break, there's really no other option. Like, they're sleeping 
they're sleeping immediately. So um, I think that was a great example. And my next question for you, Grace, as we sort of wrap up this conversation for a few, I guess, shout outs to the main people who hopefully are listening to this podcast, what thoughts do you have for people always on the move, always hustling to do the next big thing related to our conversation today? What thoughts do you have for them specifically? I would say that it's a special thing to be able to rest and that resting is part of the full spectrum of human experience and it's something that they can try and why not? Um, Like life is short and it's also long. I think if we approach different lifestyles and different experiences as an experiment, our lives just become more fun and playful. Um, It's sort of an adventure. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with you. And similar vein question here, Grace, and our, our last question for today. Do you have any last words of wisdom regarding how resting makes us human? So going back to the idea that we are not computers, there's this quote by someone named Conrad Zeus that I want to share. And it's, the danger of computers becoming like humans is not as great as the danger of humans becoming like computers. To try to eradicate my biological needs in order to increase my ability to do these like very specific tasks that I call productivity or work. Um, I think that reduces my humanity into one dimension of who I am. And I don't think that's what I want to do. Um, I was also thinking earlier today, even if we were computers, (laughs) we would need to be recharged. Like my battery says low battery Mm -hmm. when it is running out of battery and it says that it's going to sleep and eventually shut down if it isn't recharged. Um, (laughs) So resting does make us human. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's a great point. This. Even technology, like the thing that a lot of us use, you know, for the sake of being productive or working or whatever it is, even that itself needs a rest. (laughs) So I like, I love that metaphor. I also love that quote that you mentioned. I think that's a really good point because I think our society for sure talks much more about the dangers of AI than the dangers of people becoming machines. So thank you for that, Grace. Thank you for that that mic drop. And thank you for joining us. It was great chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome catching up and chatting. Yes. Yes. To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>